Day five, we're here. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, he has a Great Britain problem. He has a British problem. It's official. <laughs> you thought it was a Jake Whiteman problem? Jake Whiteman out for the season due to his uh, dealing with injuries. You're like, all right, his one kryptonite isn't here anymore. Now we learned it's not Jake Whiteman. It is the British because Josh Kerr kept the gold in the same country, takes down Jakob Ingebrigtsen. I think that's whatever happened the past four days, whatever happens the next five or four, that is the most ridiculous thing that I've saw and will see in the year of 2023. <laughs> Olivia, how you doing? You know, when I woke up this morning, I was great. I was watching Worlds. I was doing great. I was like, literally, I was about to message you and be like, wow, nothing dramatic out of the blue occurred. We're good. Like, predictions are coming in good. And then, boom, just like freight train coming through. It just took a turn and everything just kind of spiraled. But welcome to the World Championships Day 5. Anything can happen. Let's start with that men's 1500. The race played out very similar to the worst race of Jakob's career, which was last year in the 1500 meter final. It was a 329, 328 type race with a fast kick. And Jakob fell apart in the exact same manner, it feels like, as he did last year in Eugene. And you would think Jakob, being the talent he is, being the ability he has to dominate races, to control races, to toy with, to, to have fun in the rounds, to like wave to the crowd, make things hard for him, to run fast times, to go on winning streaks, that he learned his lesson last year when he lost to Whiteman. But he must have just had amnesia or forgot when he went to bed Men in Black style erased his memory of what happened last year, and he just redid the thing that didn't work. He did the thing that didn't work, and Josh Kerr took advantage of it. Now it takes a great athlete to take advantage. Not you don't we we don't want this to become a Jakob lost the race and Josh Kerr got lucky. Josh Kerr still had to show up, run three twenty nine, outkick Jakob in the final two hundred. But man, Jakob definitely had opportunities to not make it a possibility for Kerr to be in the race with 200 to go. And man, I just, I'm baffled that he just, I'm just baffled that he allowed it to happen again. Jakob, I think Jakob, what, you know what, what Jakob needs to do. Sorry, I'm going on a long rant here, Olivia. I apologize. I'm just getting it all out. Get the thoughts out. Get the thoughts out. Jakob needs to never run 329 to 330 races. 328 to 332. He needs to stay out of that range. Because when you're 330, 331 to 328 range, it's not fast enough to get rid of everyone's kick. But it's also not slow enough to have your best kick. And so it's that weird gray area where other athletes of this similar ability can match with you because you can't have that separation. You can get that separation when you make it super hard, when you make it a 326 type race and it is from the gun, then there's just so much lactic acid buildup that people fall apart. You also can make it really slow and then be like, I'm a speed demon. If we're running 335, I'm going to close in sub 25 seconds in the last 200. So there's like the extremes where you know your kick can win, but in that middle, that kick sometimes can get beaten. And Jakob, the guy's been around. He's not a newcomer to this. He's he's won many glo- global medals. And he just, for some reason, didn't put together. I'm really excited to listen to what he says post-race to see why that happened because this was seeing... Michael Jordan put up 0 for 5 in the fourth quarter of the NBA Finals. That's what we saw. This was Tom Brady throwing an interception 
in the two-minute drill at the end of a playoff game. It doesn't happen. And now, uh, you're like, we really thought last year was an albatross, just a one-off. Was it? What's the phrase? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Or is yeah. it the other way around? No, it's fool no, me once, right. shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. The shame is on me right now. The shame is all over Gordon because that was not supposed to happen. Footnote, I'm a huge Josh Kerr fan. And if it's going to be anyone to beat Jakob, Kerr doing it is awesome. Followed him all the way through his New Mexico days. I put money on him to medal. I should have put money on him to gold. I would have won 10x the amount of money. But Josh Kerr. Round of applause there. You did it, man. You did it. Olivia, what are your There's thoughts? Three, there's three takeaways I can take from Jakob today. Number one, kind of like what I've been alluding to over the course of this week, right? Like we're seeing different athletes set up their race plan throughout the rounds. Okay. Have we been seeing that with Jakob, right? Like the last two rounds, he has been in the back, hanging out, moves up. That's thought number one. Thought number two is do we think that he was triggered or at any point of that race, did he have any kind of self-doubt that he was going to see what we saw last year happen again? And thought number three is, I don't know if he had his wonderful pistachios today, so that also could have played a role in all of this too. Those are my three takeaways. Yeah, I like a little plug to take in there. <laughs> we'll thank our sponsors when we get into the, the men's 400 hurdles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess my final thoughts on this whole thing is Kerr has said that w when you're an elite runner, you look at the sport differently than when you're on the side of it, like I am. And when I see greatness, I just assume they're invincible. You know, when you watch Bolt, you're like, no one's ever going to beat him. You watch someone like Mo Farah, you're like, no one's ever going to lose to him. Oh, he, he's not going to lose to anyone else, I meant. Um, and you put this, that you put him on pedestals because you just, you're not used to seeing them lose. But the other athletes, they're like, well, they got two legs. He has two arms, two eyes, two ears, a nose. He has white blood cells and red blood cells just like me. Why can't I have a great day and beat him? And Josh Kerr just showed that. Same way Whiteman showed that last year, that even the best can stumble it's just hard to imagine Jakob stumbling in a race where he had 1,500 meters of opportunity to take control. This isn't a false start situation or side cramp situation. He had the ability to say, I'm better than everyone here. Hey, guys, let's go run 326. If you can beat me running 326, congrats. But he chose to think about that he had the 5K coming up. I'm not going to have to go out hard. I'm – I trust that no one's going to be with me with 50 meters to go, but Josh Kerr was. And Josh Kerr, he was an Olympic medalist. He got bronze in 2021, I believe. Didn't medal last year. Now wins gold this year. You now have to put Kerr in that category of like floor being a medal. You beat Jakob and you get an Olympic medal. Your floor now going into 2024 and 2025 has to be third or higher. You know, Jakob, mm -hmm. because it's Jakob, it's still going to be the favorite. But now Kerr is like, all right, two spots are going to medalists. Kerr and Inga Britson are getting two of the medals. 2024 and 2025, there's only one medal available for the rest of the world, which is kind of mm -hmm. crazy. Two people get two medals. And then what is it like? 7 billion other people, I guess half of them are women. So 3.5 billion men have the opportunity to get one medal. Seems unfair, but mm -hmm. I guess that's just how we do it. Current Ingrid Britson, 2024, know, 2025. I just want to know what Jakob was thinking at the 200 mark with 200 to go. Like when he felt Kerr, did, I wonder like if he felt like he had full control and he wasn't going to get pushed. Because just the last 200 meters just looked off to me. Like, it wasn't the Inga Britson that we're used to seeing, like, the playful, fun one that, like, 
when he lines up his hat, it reminds me of Noah Lyles, right? Like when we see Noah Lyles out there having fun, joking in front of the camera, we know we're going to see something fast come out of him. That's just, we know Noah Lyles is in that space. And I wonder if Ingebrigtsen felt Kerr and was like, oh gosh, was not expecting this. This was not part of the, the race plan, you know? And he just fell short. And again, you kind of talked about it too, just being human. Like everybody out there is human. Anybody can come down on any given day. But like you said, we have Ingebrigtsen on this really high pedestal from his resume, what he's done. And we're like, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the moment. Silver, 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 bound to be gold. Just wasn't, it wasn't the day for Ingebrigtsen. You mentioned what do you think he was thinking 200 to go? I think he still thought he was going to win with 200 to go, even with, Kerr making that big move at the 200 meter mark. I think mm-hmm. Jakob was like, Oh, great. You made the move so I can respond. And then he slowly responded. And, you know, he was with them with the 100 to go. He's like, All right, I'm fine. But then when he realized, Oh, wait, Kerr, di- Kerr didn't go early. He went just long enough they could still hold it. Because I think he was mm-hmm. probably banking on Kerr is going to use up all of his energy from 200 to go to 100 to go. And then he's going to take advantage of it. But Kerr clearly was prepared for a final 200 and not just a final 200 with the last 50 kind of falling apart. So, yeah. hey, Kerr, Kerr was prepared. He mentioned if I'm in the race with 200 to go, I believe I can win. He was right. He's Yep. He, Kerr's doing a good job of uh, being right. He was wrong last year. He, had, he talked a big game last year and came up short. So I think a lot of people were probably looking at like, hey, you said – you, you talked a lot of shit in 2021, I mean, 2022, and you didn't get it done. So it doesn't mean, but now that he talked shit in 2022, I mean, 2023, and it worked, now we're like, all right, now you got a point. You got a medal in 2021. You beat him in 2023. Man, Josh Kerr, got to love it. And he, he's backing it up and big ups to him. I will say, though, to round out this topic, the Americans, Nagus, we thought was yes. going to be in contention. He was never in it. Cole Hawker was in the back. Uh, I think that makes sense for Nagus to finish where he finished. This was his first, like, real taste at being a medal contender. And mm-hmm. I think he just wasn't prepared for the uniqueness of a race like this. I do think, though, his talent plus now a year of experience, Nagus should be one of the guys who should be in the medal contention next year. I just think he needed a one year of figuring it out because a third race of 1500 is so different than a diamond league race or a Milrose yeah. mile. It's just so different. So Nagus yeah. still runs well. He got fifth, I believe Uh Hawker finished seventh, which is only one place worse than his Olympic finish. We got six, uh, but Norway goes two, three, pretty, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the story's all Josh Kerr. Really, the story is Ingebrigtsen losing. That's how good <laughs> Ingebrigtsen is. And yeah. if I had to say, again, I love Josh Kerr. All the flowers. All of them. Get, get a whole bouquet. A week's of worth. Roses. I'm one, Not flowers. 1-800. Roses. Yeah, roses. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chop off the spiky parts of the stem to make sure you can yep. enjoy them and not cut your fingers because you deserve it all. All you get all the flowers, but Jakob lost this race. Jakob lost this race. Josh didn't win it. Jakob lost it again. All the flowers to Josh because you need to be the best in the world to take advantage of Jakob choking. But Jakob lost. Josh, yeah, two medals and two out of three global championships. Uh, He's gonna he's gonna be here for a while. So I'm excited yes. for him versus uh man. Imagine 2024 and Jake Whiteman is healthy and they're on the start line and the order is Jake, Jakob, Kerr, and Jakob's just standing there in the middle between Jake and Josh and being like my devil my my torture of my 2022 <laughs> demons and my 2023 demons just with me. They go everywhere I go because they're you know they're in the same prime years, but anyway, congrats yeah. to Josh. 
you know, congrats to to, uh, to Jakob on a good season. We'll see him. He'll win the 5K. So things are fine. Anyway. All right. 400-meter hurdles. Hey, but before we do that, yes. Olivia, how about this? Yes. Why don't you do the ad read? You want me to do Can the Can you ad do read? that? Yeah. I, let's see. I bet you do a better job than I would. Okay. Well, Gordon, are you looking for a delicious and nutritious snack that packs with a real protein punch? Because take a crack out of this source of protein with tasty, healthy, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there, but that's not all, Gordon. Pistachios are also known for their fiber, better for you unsaturated fats, which help keep you feeling fuller longer, especially with these long days of world championships starting 3 a.m. Central time all the way to 3 p.m. Central time. It's a long day of world. So, and you know what the best part is? Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family, your friends, taking you out on your summer vacations, which are wrapping up as you head off to school. So whether you're dropping the kiddos off or running through meetings, fill yourself with healthy and a tasty snack. Wonderful pistachios will be your new go-to snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Great job, Olivia. Thank you. I think wonderful is going to want you to say it moving forward because I I stumble on my words too much. (laughs) Had to learn from the best though, Gordon. So it's all good. All right. I'm not going to lie. Remember day one, we saw Femke Bowl fall and then the tank. No, no, no. We saw Safan Hassan fall from Netherlands. And then the next race, Femke Bowl of the Netherlands fell. And you saw, whoa, Netherlands. Back-to-back races, dramatic loss, right? Yeah. So my brain was like, we just saw the Norwegian, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, have a dramatic loss. The next race down the line was the men's 400 hurdles. Could we see a back-to-back Norwegian loss where we see Carson Wilholm get upset after his countryman, uh, Jakob, got upset? But no, we didn't have the perfect story of back-to-back Norwegian losses because uh, because Carson Warholm did not miss, did not put together a dramatic type race or like, holy crap, jaw-dropping type race, but he didn't need to. Dos Santos wasn't clearly 100%, fell out of the mm-hmm. top three. Benjamin was in it with about, for the first 300, no, for the first yeah. 250 meters or something. But yeah. Warholm was just being consistent and was just the strongest man on the track that day and was able to get it done with a modest victory. It seemed like a very – this is one of those wins that when you win this type of race, it shows that – it gets you scared that when will we, when, when Warholm's on another one, it's going to be even more impossible to beat him, especially next year when he's going to be healthier coming off the injury last mm-hmm. year. But – this is a sign of Warholm just showing utter consistency in his dominance when healthy. We were both kind of watching it together, you know, virtually. And I'm like, I'm just nervous for this race. And I don't know why. I think I, I was just excited for Benjamin to get out there, do his thing. I was like, can Benjamin take down Warholm? Like, can we see that? And like you said, the first 200, 250 meters, like Benjamin was right in the mix. And then what ends up happening is Warholm just does Warholm things. I felt like Warholm felt the pressure. And unlike Ingebrigtsen, was able to respond and continue that momentum going home. Because at that point, Warholm coming off the curve just decided to get to the finish line first. And it was just... Absolutely. Like you said, it wasn't like crazy. Woo. Like I'm throwing my phone. Cause it was just like craziness, but like, it was enough for me to be like, okay, Warhome has showcased dominance. And I felt like Benjamin was just right there and just couldn't, just couldn't get the job done today. Looking at the chat, follow the light. Uh, did a little comparison. Rye is Johan Blake. Of the 400 hurdles. 
Mm. Right? Great talent, gonna run fast times, but he always had bold ahead of him. You look yeah. here, Rye Benjamin, great talent, fast times, but he's always gonna have Warholm ahead of him. And you gotta say, this was the one for him to win. Warholm was a it was a B plus version of Warholm. Last year he had Dos Santos on fire, so he got he could have he should have been able to beat Dos Santos, but turned out Rye was dealing with some little bit of injuries or whatever. So you're like, all right, next year. Warholm was not A minus A A plus Warholm. It was a B plus Warholm. Rye coming off of running some 46 second 400 hurdles, cruised in the in the US trials. You think, hey man, you just gotta run 46 low and you're a world champion. And he just fell apart, fell down to third. So it wasn't even close. McMaster, congrats to McMaster finding a way to get into the top three because everyone had it as a Warholm, Benjamin, and Dos Santos top three. Should have bet on McMaster. Yeah. God dang it. Should, should have made that money. Uh, but yeah, this was, this was the opportunity. And I just feel like he's running out of opportunities because every year he gets older and you know Dos Santos is young. He's going to be better next year. Warholm's going to be better next year. Yes, Benjamin's going to be better next year, but you only get so many shots at the the king, and you better not miss, right? You better not miss, and he's yeah. missed now three years in a row. I'm I'm kind of similar to how I felt with Ingerberts in the last 200. I want to know what Benjamin was thinking the last 150 because he was there. Well, he it wasn't like, like it wasn't like he was out of touch. He was right there. He they were stride for stride, hurdle for hurdle. It wasn't like the first 200, 250. I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, Warholm and Benjamin, they're they're right there, right next to each other. And then it was just like a flash, like snap of the fingers. It was just like Warholm just decided to continue that momentum, and Benjamin just couldn't respond. So again, I'm curious to know Benjamin's thoughts after after the race once we get those interviews. But yeah, he was I mean, there. I just felt like. It was an uncharacteristic race for Benjamin. He is better than what yeah. he ran. He yeah. looked good through the two rounds. Um, but Warhol, that's that's always the story. Every time we have like a whole regular season, you see fast times and diamond leagues and people do crazy things at random collegiate invitationals. And even people have phenomenal NCAA championship type performances. At the end of the day, nothing compares to the three rounds of a global outdoor championship. One, it's three rounds. Two, it's late in the year. So your legs have been through it and not everyone had the same type of buildup that you had. Three, there's the pressure. And four, there's the experience. I made up those four things. How's that? Does that, does that, that sounds like a good little speech I just made, right? That sounds like a good analysis of, I'm going to say that again. One, it's the three rounds. Two, it's the time. Three, it's the pressure. And four, it's the experience. Those four things, if you have those four, if, you're, if you master those four, you win gold. If you get three of those four, you get silver. If you get two of those four, you get bronze. And if you get one of the four or less, if you get one of the four, you make the final. And if you get none of the four, you don't make the final. And by get, I mean you get the master. If you're a master of the time, the pressure, the experience, and the rounds, you win gold. That's the key. That's the key. I'm going to trademark right. that. We're inside I'm going to trademark that. Yeah, I should be a coach. I'd be a great coach. I was talking, for those listening to podcasts, you know, it's about, I was talking to Kevin about how, like, hey, what if I just text? all the elite athletes go for a run and I could be like their virtual coach. And then I can get credit for like, Hey, I told Grant Holloway to cool down after his race. So, you know, in a way I kind of helped Grant win gold medal. I'll do this. So I'll tell people to run via text and I'll also tell them, Hey, make sure you have the experience, the pressure bastard, the time and the rounds. I'm going to start a Patreon or no, I'll start a, what's, what's a, what's that? Thing that people are selling, or they sell like masterclass, masterclass, masterclass. Yeah, interesting. 
no one's going to sign up, but it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about this yesterday. I know how we talked about running the other person's race. There was some, I'm trying to figure out who said in their post-race interview with us yesterday. I'm trying to like scroll through the site real quick and see if I can find it. But someone did say that they were trying to keep up with someone else to run the other person's race. And I thought of you. Oh, really? really funny. Yeah. Did they I'm do trying well? to, I'm like, I think it was, I'm really trying to remember who it was that said it. Um, but I'm literally trying to like scan through the site right now. Put it out in the world. Once you say it, it's Put like it out there. the New York Times crossword puzzles. Once it's out there, exactly. people just start absorbing that information. Exactly. Anyway. So I guess someone Congrats took our advice. Warholm. And... <laughs> Run someone Congrats else's Warholm. race. <laughs> Getting another win. Benjamin third and McMaster for second. All right. Women's 400 final. Let's be honest. Going into the year, we thought we, this was going to be the greatest 400 final Ever. You'd had maybe a Sydney, a, a healthy Britton Wilson, a Femke Bowl in it. You had um, Paulino. You had Nasir. You, could, you said more and more, all these different athletes. But then eventually different women pulled out for different reasons, did different events. And Paulino, who was the one to really take advantage of the absence of some of these top women because she's a 48-second runner, gets the win first Athlete from this is true first athlete from Dominican Republic to win the title, forty eight seventy six. Paulino really was no match for anyone else. Um, Kazmarek and Williams were the only other two women to break fifty. Adeleke, mm -hmm. NCAA champion from Texas and Ireland. So Austin, yeah, she gets fourth. I put money on her to to get third, and I lost then one hundred dollars. But it's okay. Still love you, Adeleke. Hell of a long season. To go from, yes. you know, whatever Longhorn dual meet in January to August 23rd, getting fourth in the world is a hell of a good run. So, But not even just racing, like training too. Like she's yeah. training before January. So she's been competing, yeah, since January for the last eight months. But all the blood, sweat, and tears and the, the grind and the base building, she's been doing that since probably September. It's so almost a whole year. So I'm going to do it, Olivia. I'm going to do it. You ready? What are we doing? Well, what are you doing? What would have Sid, what would have Sydney have run if she was on that starting line? Mm. Well, we know she's been dealing with some knee issues. Are we talking current status? Like if she was to run through the yeah, knee pain, or are we talking like healthy Sydney? The Sydney that we thought we were going to get the city that we saw at USA's. Okay. It would have been close between her and Paulino, for sure. Maybe 40. Do you think it would have been close? Yes. <sighs> yes. I think Sydney runs 48. You don't think it would have been two. close? No, Sydney runs like sub 48.25. For sure. 48.25? Yeah. 48.2. Okay, well, give or take Polino just went point one. 47, so what do you mean? Yeah, point two is have... very different from point seven. Half a second, that's a, you know, that's far. Yes. Yeah, she would have destroyed it. It would have been close. So you're saying Sydney would have won. That's what you're yes. saying. Sydney would have won 48-2 and won by half a second. Okay. Okay. But you said it would have been close. I felt like it would have been close. Paulino, you got to remember, pretty much ran that by herself. 48.76 by herself. Second place was 49.57, almost a True. whole second later. So Sydney imagine yeah. getting pushed, you know? Definitely would have well, been a lot She would have been getting closer. pushed. She would have been getting pulled. Because Sydney <laughs> would have been ahead. Sydney oh would have been pulling goodness. her. Not, <laughs> you would have been pushed. You would have been pulled. Pulled? That's okay. a big difference. It's a big difference. They would have been challenging each other for sure on that back stretch. It would have just been all punches. That well, back 100. If you think Sydney would have been pulling or pushing Polino to a faster time, then I'll lower, then I'll say Sydney would have ran 47.9. I don't think she would have, but I think no matter what, Sydney would have ran at least 0.5 seconds faster than Polino in whatever no. direction.
No. Point five, half a second, regardless. You, you know, you, no, Olivia. Olivia no, Olivia. I definitely feel like it would have been. Have you it would have been, been like how we saw. No, I haven't. I feel like it would have been like an Allison Felix versus Shawnee Miller Weibo. No, it would not. Fine. No. You're yes. giving Paulino too much yes. credit. You're giving Paulino yes. too much credit. No. Gordon, did we watch the same race? I, if I you think watched so. Was it at seven six? It was at yeah. You watched. It was at two thirty five Central, right? That's what time it was at on NBC. So about an hour ago, right? U- yeah. No, on USA Network. Gordon. Yeah, I was watching that one. Yeah. No, it would have been. There would have been some dives. No falls. You dives at the finish line. It would line. not have been a. It would not have been a. It would not have been a. Shawnee versus yes, it would have. Yes, it would have. Shawnee and Felix are at different level than Paulino. Paulino's great. Forty-eight-seven is great, but I just Sydney ran fifty-one seconds, fifty seconds. Excuse me. Right? What was her time that she ran the hurdles? What was her world record? I should know this number. God dang it! I can't believe I've. What did she run? She ran 50.68, okay? She, what, what place would she have gotten in this if she had hurdles in her way? That's a great question. What place would – yeah, what was, what was – she would have finished – she would have finished seventh in this race okay. if she had 10 hurdles. Okay. Okay? You take away all 10 of those hurdles, she runs 48-2. That's just the math. It's science. I looked it up. I did the converting. There's a conversion for – Taking away the hurdles. And the, hur- the conversion is 48-2. Okay. Not a lean. Paulino was not pushed. Paulino was by herself yeah. in this race. Pull. Not pushed. She, pull was pulling, she was pulling the rest of the field. Now, just imagine. Like, I don't feel. I. Yeah, I think it would have been. I think it would have been close. Close in a okay. great way. Because we would have seen these women. Put it all on the line, going for gold, two individuals that don't want to lose. They they come and they show up to compete. That's my final say. I think it would have been closer. And I definitely I feel like it would have been faster in 48-7. The one thing we can agree on is that she was pu- she would pull her, not push. That's that's the real thing I would care about right here. Of all this conversation. Lean, not lean, <laughs> 0.5, 0.2, whatever. She would have pulled her across the finish line, not pushed her. Okay. Right? We can agree Old, with that? Yes. Okay. I'm going with the word challenged here. Challenged. There we go. All right. Uh, <laughs> there were some prelims early in the morning, confession alert. Yes. Like other morning sessions, I did not watch live. I watched tape delayed on Twitter. Just watch the highlights. Which mm-hmm. when... It's kind of like the same thing as watching live because I didn't look at results. I was just like, all right, they all happen. I'm just going to open my phone and then I'm going to watch the men's and women's 200s as if it's happening in real time. Uh, but I would say nothing too crazy, right? No, I don't think nothing too I crazy. It was nothing too crazy. I don't think we should expect crazy in the first round, especially when they're be doing this over a three day period. Um, so. Obviously, all the big guns make it through. I was surprised that Julian Alfred ran for the women because I remember her coach mentioned that she was only going to be doing the 100. So I thought that maybe she would have scratched the 200, but she didn't. She ran. Um, they all look good. It just – we know it's going to be a Shakari, Gabby, Sharika show, right? That's what we know. And like clockwork, we get Shakari and Sharika in the same heat in the semifinals. Which I'm excited yeah. about. So That's gonna be interesting. similar to semifinals in a hundred, where Shakari had to go up against uh, Sharika and Tolu. Now Shakari has to go up against Sharika in the semifinals. And uh, I was surprised that looking at the odds, the odds makers still have Sharika as a heavy favorite. Like Shakari's like a mm-hmm. plus three hundred to win. Which I'm like, we just saw the 100, right? We saw Shakari take down all the Jamaicans and run 10.65 in lane nine. And we think she's still the underdog in this 200. It seems kind of weird. 
I understand though, Gabby Thomas and Sharika Jackson better in the two hundred. Shakari's better in the hundred. But uh, I don't know. Did you get any other takeaways on, from this woman's side in the uh, in these two hundreds? Yes, a lot of people were putting the brakes on. <laughs> Everyone was like freaking out. It was insane. We saw it with Kayla White. I know we're about to talk about the men's 200, and I think that's where it was a little bit more obvious. But yeah, I, I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, going round for round, taking one step at a time. I know we were going to circle back to this question with Shakari Richardson being the top woman going into this 200-meter final, and I still stand by what I what I said. I am a Shakari Richardson fan. However, just looking at how Sharika Jackson has been performing at this distance, I still feel like Sharika Jackson, I feel like, is feeling the pressure a little bit. In a good way. Wait, who's feeling the pressure? Sharika? Yeah, like she, I feel like with her going into these championships, she's probably thinking in the back of her mind, I'm probably the top woman going into this this final. This 200 meter, you know, they're going through the series right now. Has the target on her back, essentially. So I feel like she feels that pressure a little bit. Just knowing, like, she's going to walk in and do what she does. Yeah, you could also argue, though, Shakari has the pressure because she doesn't want to end the championship with, like, a loss. She got the... Well, now that I think about it, I don't think she cares because no. even if she were to... <laughs> even if she were to, I feel like, like you finished not... that process of your thought but i was yeah. like no yeah she could, does not care about what, any, what anybody thinks seventh. right now she could bow and get seventh in a 200 she's still the 100 meter champion so yeah but with that thought that means she carries has the ultimate like house money type run because she knows mm-hmm. whether or not she wins or gets gets dead last it's gonna be whatever there's zero no one's there's gonna be no like criticism of her with regardless of what place she finishes because that's all gone now Mm -hmm. so she's kind of like house money in a way um which should be scary i'm still trying to figure out where i'm gonna put my money on this 200 you know do i want to try to bet shikari for the win or do i want to try to bet like a the least the best odds on the medalist between Gabby Shikari and uh, Sharika. It's more fun though. I I, I kind of want to just bet Shikari to win and then just have fun with it. Have fun with it. I've been losing a lot of money having fun. I bet a lot of hundred dollar bets you on have. people who are like, yeah, hey, yeah. I feel Woody like Woody I feel like you're a risk the 10K. taker. You're a risk taker. So this is this wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think you should just go was, all in on that one. So put Shakari up front. Uh, Adesha Hodge, seventeen-year-old, yes. from the British Virgin Islands. Uh, indoors, she was dominating that two hundred. She ran that twenty-two seconds at New Balance indoors. She gets the cue. Yep, she gets the cue. Indoor national record holder, U twenty and U eighteen record holder with that performance indoors with a twenty-two thirty-three. And I had to do some digging. Um, because it said, like she said, a personal best of 2282. And I was like, no, I feel like Deja's run, run faster. Uh, she went 2264 uh, during the outdoor season to win New Bounds National Outdoors. But like, if you look at her whole resume, she's been hitting 22s, but all of them have been win dated. So like, she finally gets another one underneath her belt where she has that win legal mark. And 17 year old, 17 years of age, about to be a senior this upcoming. Uh, school year. So excited to see what she does. I think she, again, she she's going for experience. Say it again, Gordon. Has she announced where she's going to college? No, not yet. Sprinters typically, th- we'll, we'll hear a little bit more of the sprinter side later in the year. Right now, cross country and distance runners are starting to make, it, make their verbal commitments. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Men's 200. Uh, everyone through. Yes. Uh, Barely. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm I think I'm starting to believe in my I I believed in Kenny B to win the two hundred all the way back last year. And he looked really good. Mm-hmm. He looked really good. Now I get it. Tobogo, Hughes, Knighton, 
And then obviously Lyles are all in this race as well. But Kenny B is showing no signs of giving me any doubt yet. Now it's the first round, Gordon. It is the first round, and <laughs> first nothing, round. it means absolutely nothing. But I'm trying to grasp on this this bold prediction I made. It would be so great if it happened. If Kenny B won the tour, especially beating a hundred meter champion Noah Lyles, uh American record holder Noah Lyles, like it would be the most ridiculous thing. It'd be as ridiculous that as would be Josh the most- Kerr beating Jakobinga Britain. It would be as ridiculous as Femke Bolt losing the four by four mixed relay. So That'd be the most ridiculous thing ever. It would be. If if Kenny B could beat Noah Lyles right now, I I don't I would have been I would be completely speechless. I probably wouldn't have any words to say on this podcast. I'd be done. Well, save this clip and we'll play it back in a couple days. (laughs) And either you'll be watching it being like, I told you, Gordon, or I'll be watching it being like I am a god of predicting men's 200 meter finals. So, so right now we'll you see. have this bet in for Kenny B I don't, winning the 200. Like you, you have that. I don't in have already, the bet in yet. Or no, I don't have the bet okay. in. Okay, I probably should put that's it in what, now. But that's what you're going for. Is that what it's going yeah. to be? Or are you going to put metal? No, no. Yeah. So that's the thing. So my personal prediction was him to win, but I have no money yeah. on that personal prediction. But as you know, I'm I'm losing money here. I'm. We'll go over it later in the pod, but I'm down $275. Do I just want to automatically go down another $100 by picking Kenny B to, to win? So I think I'm going to probably Whoa! do Kenny B. Whoa! Are you. Wait. No, that's not me. Admit- no, 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 no. Hold Wait. on. Wait. I take. Wait a second, y'all. That was, didn't that you was, that just was say. I didn't. Uh, I don't know. Scratch the record. <laughs> the connections. What? Huh? Oh, oh, what? I can't hear you. Connections oh, bad, right? My connection's oh bad. Oh, my goodness. Let's back connection. Wait, say it again, Gordon, because I thought... Go ahead. I must have heard you wrong. Okay. Kenny B is going to win the men's 200 meters in Budapest in the final in 2023. I'm still holding to that. Still holding okay. to Okay. I don't even think Kenny B knows that I'm predict. I think I told him one time at Texas Relays that I said he's going to win gold, and he's like, okay. I was like, I don't think you understand. I'm literally the only one outside of your family and your coach and you who thinks you're going to beat Noah Lyles. Like, you can count on a – you could probably put in a school bus the amount of people who think Kenny B is going to win global gold, and I'm driving that school bus. Now, the question is, really are we driving off a cliff? Or are we driving <laughs> into the Hall of Fame with, hell yeah, we pulled off the, the unthinkable. We'll see. But Kenny B – Still my pick to win. I don't know how, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. At this point, anything can happen. As we've uh, seen the last five days. The other prelims going on. We finally got a thing, Mo. She was on the track. She's running. Finally. Finally. She's there. I was pumped. And to all those rumors. This seems like a big pumped. ploy. This seems like maybe she put that out there just to create content, you know? Maybe a thing Mo is like, hey, I'm going to tell them I might not run. And then people are going to go crazy. And then I'm going to run. And now Keely Hodgkinson and Maramora are now freaking out because they thought they had a direct line to a one-two finish. But now she's in the way. So all the top women get through. I think the biggest news was uh, on the American side um, – Kayla Edwards didn't get through. Nia Aikens looked good. Rogers got the job done. But the story here is a thing Mo officially running. We'll see you in the semifinals. And then ultimately see if she can win her third straight global title. Be wild. Be wild. Uh, women's 5K prelims. Nothing. That was insane. That first heat was insane. Did you see the first heat, Gordon? It's okay I if you did not. If not, I'm gonna... I did not. What happened? What, what's insane about it? Can tell me. What's? It, I mean, it's the women's five thousand meter prelims. Top eight go in each heat. It's like whatever. Gordon, what's so crazy this, about it? The nineteen year old Agate Sona literally gets out. Like I'm thinking, maybe she thinks she's running a fifteen hundred. No, she 
completely gapped this whole entire field. And I'm sitting here like, wow, she's about to run away with this. And she held on until the last 100 meters and qualified for finals. Like, she had at least a 250-meter lead I mean, it's on a strategy. the rest of the field. Sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. And it worked here. It was nuts. That is, that is wild. Cranny. If got you're able fifth. to watch that race, I think I'll you really need to see it. I'll watch it back. It was crazy. I'll watch it back. That'll be my homework tonight. Watching the women's heat one of the, the 5K. I'm excited about that. So you say girl from, from the Latvia, note, 19? Yeah. Yep, 19 years old. And I was really happy that World Athletics decided to move the 5K prelims to the evening session. I know originally it was in the morning and the athletes had been voicing like, we're so grateful that it was moved just because with the heat, they've been talking about how hot it is and how humid it is right now in Budapest. And so the fact that they were able to run underneath some shade, I think really helped a lot of these athletes there tonight. Cranny and Monson get through. Uh, Natasha Rogers did not. She was... Uh, the first one out on in the second heat. Mm-hmm. Um, other distance, women's distance prelims. Um, Courtney Wayman gets through in the steeple, but surprisingly, I mean, Emma Coburn not making the final. I was shocked about that. Emma Coburn, I think, was in heat yeah. two of the women's steeplechase. Yeah. And uh, something happened. We'll, there'll probably be an interview on our website, YouTube channel or our website about what happened there, but Emma Coburn not making the final, I thought was pretty shocking. Chrissy Gear, this was her first, you know, worlds. This can happen. Courtney Wayman now, you know, solidifying herself as, you know, now I'm here. Hopefully I can continually to make finals and, yeah. and work my way up as my career progresses. But nothing crazy really happened out that outside of Emma Coburn not making the final. Yeah, that was the biggest news, I feel like, from yeah. the steeplechase. And then last uh, second to last thing, uh, women's hurdles. We talked about the hurdles yesterday. We'll talk about them again today. Kenny Harrison looking good. I would say the biggest shock, maybe Masai Russell. Uh, she hits a couple hurdles and then DNFs. Um, doesn't get through in the 100 hurdles. But we're going to have a great final. You got Jasmine Camacho Quinn through. Kenny Harrison, Toby Amason, Nia Ali. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be... Uh, a quick final. I mean, seeing the way Kenny Harrison's running now back to back, I think Kenny might win. I think Kenny's the favorite now. Kenny looks good. She, she looks really good. good. Hopefully she's not looking too good. Like, hopefully she's not wasting her goodness in these first two heats, the first two rounds that she saved some for the final. And someone like Jama- Jasmine Camacho Quinn is kind of being more conservative because she knows she just has to save it all for that last race but we'll see ken harrison looking good mm-hmm. winning her heat 22 i mean 12 33 and then last but not least women's pole vault katie moon gets the tie they tied we have two yeah. gold medalists katie moon and nina kennedy nina kennedy of australia they both tie at five meters 90 centimeters Katie Moon had to get it on the third and final try. They both get on their third and final try. Then they don't. They all fail in the next height, so they end up deciding to tie. But Katie Moon defending her title. But I think the story here was Nina Kennedy having a massive PB to uh, win her first gold medal. Um, and there was a good moment when they were hugging each other, be like, "Yeah, we're both yeah. champions." Remind me of the Olympics in the high jump. Yeah, it was great. That was really intense. Whoever thought the pole vault would just get you excited i know you and i were messaging back and forth like come on and the thing was like they each had the same amount of misses on the same jumps so like it was either jump for the tiebreaker like go after you know that clearance one more time or just let's hug it out and just share the gold and they here's decided my question to share the gold would you share the gold or would, would you share <laughs> the gold or would you be what like you nah we're not doing this. What do you I'm, ask? I'm, I'm, I'm either going down swinging or I'm coming up champion. Since I'm not, so here's my thing. Since I'm not competing and I was watching this, I was really hoping for a jump off. I was like, come on, ladies. Like, let's just determine it, jump off. Yeah. But personally, if I was in that moment, I probably would have been like, okay, let's just share this gold. Like, I think I would have been okay with that. 
Yeah, but I put in my best gold, effort. Sharing gold is not the same thing as having gold. It's sharing gold is not the same as gold. I'm sorry. It's not. There's a difference between shared gold thing. and gold. It's not. You are not better than everyone else in the world. You are better than everyone else in the world except for one person. Sharing gold is silver. Now, I say that now because I never had gold or silver or bronze <laughs> or the ability to be in that situation. But I still think sharing gold, it's – I don't know. There's something about it. Like what – the. We're supposed to pick a winner. This is a competition think, for a reason. The competition is. I think you might. So you're feel... saying if like, if all twelve athletes all missed equally, we're just gonna give out twelve gold medals. Well, that wouldn't happen. But I think also because of our sport, we're used. To, like, think of the hundred. There's no such thing as a tie. There is. It like, There isn't. No. Bromel. Bromel. Don't even get me, even get me started. Wasn't the Bromel no. Degrass? They tied for third. Like. You're able to take it to the hundreds, the thousands to determine that. Like no, I feel like there's tied. no such there's no such thing. Olivia, we literally had a tie in twenty seventeen. No. Or fifteen. Don't believe it. There's no it take it to the gazillions if you need they to. They did there's that no and it was a tie. The gazillions. <laughs> they went to the gazillions. They went to the Anywho, it, it's very rare that that ever happens. And, and so I think in track and field, we just automatically are like there's no such thing as a tie. There isn't. Well, so I think because of the situation, you feel like, yeah, there's no such thing. You're not. The I just best. think there should not be ties in championship sports. There should be ties in regular season, but there should never be a tie. Are you telling me that, like, if we're watching the FIFA World Cup and they go to penalty kicks, I knew you were going to go they... soccer. I knew it. I was like, Gord's about to bring up soccer right now. If they go to FIFA World Cup and they're all taking penalty kicks, they. They go through the first five. It's still tied. Then they're then it's you know what it's like the next one wins. They go all through the goalies and they had eleven PKs and it's still tied. They're not going to be like all right, England and Italy are your FIFA World Cup champions. No, they're going to go until the end of time until someone misses a PK. That's very true. They're not going to give a tie, and I think. You know, I, I understand why Katie Moon and Nina Kennedy are like, yeah, let's do it. It's guaranteed gold. Why risk getting silver? But I would think Katie Moon would be like more okay with risking silver. She's already had gold. So it's like, all right, let, no, I won't. You know, why not? I don't know. Again, no, I don't blame. I, I probably would ask. I like to, like to think I would say no tie. But if I'm in the situation, I probably would end up saying tie. because I That's why I said what I said. Yeah, so I get that. But as a podcaster and sitting in my chair, air-conditioned chair, I'm going to say ties are bad and we should jump off until eternity. Yeah, I wanted to jump off, to be very honest. I was like, come on, just just jump it off. But again, or they should have done I was like in that position at the dash. World Championships. I'm, I'll hug it out with you. I, new, new role. I think, you know what, now that I think about it, there should be no jump offs in field events or throws throw offs in field events. In a situation where there's a tie, it's always a hundred meter dash. Oh How what? much fun would have been seeing <laughs> Nina Kennedy and Katie Moon run a hundred meter dash? Or seeing I don't know if that would have been that entertaining though. What are you talking about? Like... You like you're watching two bolt pole vaulters run for the goal. They run it's down just... a runway. That's yeah, not exactly. But like you're, there's no tie because you said there's no ties in track races. Perfect opportunity. You're guaranteed to have a tiebreaker because it's a race to the one gazillionth of a second. Imagine there's a tie in the shot put and you're seeing Ryan Krauser race Joe Kovacs for the gold. <laughs> and if you're a field athlete and you know that the tiebreaker is a hundred meter dash, you know what that means? You're always a vet, like once a week or once a month. You're gonna do a little bit of hundred meter training just in case it comes down to it. You know, so there's gonna be a little Very bit of true. like, all right, I gotta put all my effort in the triple jump, but in that weird situation, I gotta make sure I have a good start in my hundred meter blocks. That's that would good make our sport. You don't fun. write the rule book because no, that would that be a would great rule book. Fly. I think everyone would love absolutely not. Field event athletes breaking tiebreakers by 100-meter dash. 
it's not going to hurt them. They can run a hundred meters. It's not like you ask them to run a marathon or a mile. You're just like hundred meters. You know what? 60, make it 60 you... meters, 60 meters. Oh my goodness. No, no one in the stadium would leave. Everyone in the stadium would stay be like, I got to watch be... Katie moon and Nina Kennedy run 60 meters. Also, also, if it's in a on a field event where there's an implement like a throwing utensil, or throwing a throwing element, or like a pole vault thing, you got to run with your implement. So they got to run the sixty meters while holding a pole vault pole, or you have to run the sixty meters while holding a shot put hammer, or while carrying your javelin. Ooh, that would be ooh. Can imagine if you hammer. drop it, you're disqualified. That's interesting. That's that's interesting. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna run for election against Sebco. So Don't apply for anything for this rule book. I'm telling you that right now. Don't apply for it. Right. Whatever that process uh, is. <laughs> so we mentioned betting updates after day four. I was down two hundred. After day five, which was today, I am now down 275. So I lost an additional $75. I was right on predicting Kurt a medal. I was wrong on Benjamin Gold, and I was wrong on Adeleke to medal. So that made me lose more money. But as you know, that was only 21 bets in. There are 49 bets total. And I'm going to make it back. So... Tomorrow, finally. Not even halfway yeah. through. Not even I'm halfway concerned. through. I'm only down 275. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna rally right here. Could be worse. So Could be worse. Uh the finals tomorrow are the race walks, men's long jump, women's hammer, women's hundred hurdles, men's four hundred, and women's four hundred hurdles. We also have some semifinals in the two hundred, eight hundred, and men's five K prelims. So here are my bets. I don't officially have three of my bets as of right now. I have to work on it. I don't have my 100 hurdle bet, my hammer throw bet, or my women's 35K race walk bet. But I do have the other ones. 35K race walk men, I'm going with Martin to medal. Long jump, I'm going with Tentaglow to get gold. 400, I'm doing Norwood to medal. Ooh, we've decided. I've decided. Ooh. And 400 hurdles. All right. I'm doing Adekoit. Oh, I don't know say name. Adekoyo. A-D-E-K-O-Y-A. Adekoya. To medal. In the 400 hurdles. In what event? 400 hurdles? 400 hurdles. Women's 400 hurdles. So Adekoya to medal. Norwood to medal. Tentaglow to get gold in the long jump. And Martin to medal. The other picks I'll do later tonight. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Norwood for gold or Norwood for metal? Metal. It's a metal. Metal. Okay. Metal. I thought you said gold. I was like, okay. No, not gold. I got to stay away from gold. I've been screwing up my gold picks. So I've only got one gold pick right, and it was for the women's 20K race walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 2-0 in my race walk picks. Let's that be known. I've made... All right. Well, you need to score. I've made like $800. Race walk literally is keeping me afloat. I made $800 in race walking. So that's what I'm going to make. I'm going to make another $800 right now in this, these next two race walks. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So. Well, I'm proud. All right. Well, uh, thank you to Greg, our producer. Uh, Olivia, thank you. And to... Our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back 3 p.m. Central, same time, same place. Hopefully, um, I'm, I hopefully have $0 in my pocket and not negative 275. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Like and subscribe. Peace. Thank you. 
Uh, Greg, can you uh, send the uh, file in that Google Drive? Do you